0: If Only They Knew, the hub for young business minds. So welcome back to another episode of the If Only They Knew podcast. Today I'm joined by Joseph Filente, and I'm sure you all know him by now, but if you don't, he's a successful entrepreneur who won The Apprentice 2015 and hopefully today he'll be able to really give you some, guys some tips and advice on how you can be as, sex- as successful as he was. So Joseph, thanks for coming on, I appreciate it. I know you always bring the energy, so it's good to have that energy here.
1: Yeah, thanks Ted. Really looking forward to um, the podcast, really looking forward to engaging and bringing some value to your audience.
0: Cool. So I always say like, to understand where someone is now, I feel like it's always important just to step back and sort of look at how they were when they were younger. So if you don't mind, what was a young Joseph like?
1: So look, let's go back to when I was four, year, four years of age, because in my um, autobiography, I talk about a four-year-old's mentality, and my life took quite a um, dramatic um, turn, probably from, when, from that age, really. So I grew up in quite a um, poor background. My mum worked three jobs, mostly cleaning jobs, for two or three pounds an hour back then. My dad was an alcoholic, didn't work, not a good guy. Um, and uh, it was very very difficult we struggled financially um, we struggled to live happily um, and you know it was a tough tough time and you know as I as I grew up and as I started to get older I always um, used to look at my circumstances and you know I remember from four years of age five years of age thinking what is going on here this can't be normal this isn't right how is this dynamic happening and I remember making a promise to myself in those very early years that I wasn't going to live like this forever that I was going to make sure as I grew and as I got older and as I became a man and as I took control of my life that I was going to be able to change my circumstances and make sure that I provide the things for my family that I never had but unlike many Ted and you know talking to people that have come from a, um, a hard background I was very very lucky to have a successful uncle so I used to see this guy once every 6 to 12 months and he'd come down dressed in a suit and um, brand new BMW brand new Mercedes you know it was in the 90s so he had a car phone with a wire on it you know and all of that type of stuff and I used to look at my dad and I used to look at this guy and I used to say how can one man not work and have no money and drive a banged up old motor this guy comes in a suit and um you know he's sharp and so on and i remember thinking that there's there's different options here so i can become that guy if i choose to become that guy or i can quite easily become that one as well Mm. yeah so i was lucky to see two different um variations of life and um I decided to go after the man um, and become the man that wore a suit and built a business and became very successful financially and so on. Um, You know, and that's what I was able to do.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, um, so when I hit the age of um, 13, um, my dad left and, you know, I'm 30 years of age now and I haven't seen him since. Um, spoken to him a couple of times but you know the relationship died out it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me but at the same time you know and and we said that your audience will be able to relate but you know at the same time you know I I started to um, basically struggle with authority um, struggle with people telling me what to do you know it was just my mum and I was becoming an adult or a young adult and um, you know I was very um, strong character and strong-willed anyway so I kind of became lawless baby difficult to control I became you know a delinquent child I was doing whatever I wanted as a 13 14 15 year old staying out late not coming home you know not going to school scribing at every turn um, and then basically by the time I was 15 you know everybody had sort of given up on me I'd, I'd Um, pissed off so many people that I was finally expelled Um, you know my life um, started to you know take a downward spiral from there.
0: So like you mentioned there sort of almost almost going off the rails what was that just because of like your your situation at home with the family your dad not being there or do you think it was sort of in you that that fire that weird thing that was Making you sort of so almost proactive, you would almost go down any any path.
1: So I think there's a couple of things to take from it. So number one, yes, being at home was hell. I hated it. My me and my dad were clashing, and then when my my dad left, my mum found a new partner, and I had a stepdad move in, and I had to live with this guy that I didn't know, and it was horrible. And I was like, um, this is my domain. You're coming into my domain, and you know, it was very difficult um to um it was very difficult for me to handle you know I'm an alpha male I'm a, I'm a lion so um you know I found it as a direct challenge and it was it was hard that way but at the same time you know once again I don't like being told what to do I am a leader and I believe that you know, I'm 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 the one that's right. You know, or back then I thought I was right about everything. Now I'm much more humbled with it, but you know, I know when I'm wrong, but I am also still a leader. So it's kind of like you're asserting your dominance but you don't like being told what to do. And I didn't like being told what to do when it was things that weren't relatable. So I always go back to the lesson that we're punished at school if we're no good at a subject. Now, you know, take art for example. I can't draw to save my life. So why are you marking me down as a bad student in art when I am never going to be able to draw? Mm. Stop telling me I'm a D, F student in art when I can't draw a stick, man. You know, so <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, what are you wasting my time for? Why am I coming here? Um, and that's what I found very, very difficult to comprehend. You know, use my, don't waste my time. Use my time wisely and um, and let me go and do the things that I am good at. So I didn't like authority. I didn't like being told what to do. I don't respect people's opinion. That I don't believe, you know, if you don't respect somebody, it's hard to respect their opinion. And there was a lot of people that I didn't respect at school. So I found it a very, very, very challenging place. Um, but I do believe the entrepreneurial streak and the alpha and the leader comes out in that environment, but also the challenging home environment also kind of made it very very difficult for me at the same time but you know these aren't necessarily negatives most people looking from the outside in in normal life circumstances would judge that as a negative but for young aspiring leaders and entrepreneurs you know these are the these are the things that make you you know a personality and make you a leader and make you strong and you know as much as people try and suppress them you shouldn't shy away from them because they are your attributes.
0: No, definitely. But you mentioned there, it's a bit of a hefty question to get into, like, so early on. But, like, with the education system, you didn't feel like it, it fitted what you wanted. And I guess millions of other young kids are feeling that. So how, how do you think or do you think that the educa- education system should change in some way? And if so, how? Like, it's, it's a bit of a hefty one, but let's get into no, it. No,
1: it's a great question and, it, and a mm. very relevant one. And, you know, it's basically, for me... I understand where they're what they're doing with it, right? You've got to educate that many people. They try and create a one-size-fits-all um, um, strategy, yeah? So you bring people in, you know, this will work for 80%. but the 20%, you know, they're not really going to fit the system and so on. So do we tailor the system to fit these 20% or do we just keep churning it through and if they're no good, move them on? I think since I was at school, excuse me, I think since I was at school, they've become uh, a lot more flexible, and there is a lot more support around vocational and construction and practical um, lessons and and skill sets and so on. It's not just about uni anymore. Um, and if you don't go to uni, you're no good. You know, people can make a lot more money in construction and and so on. Um, so I do think they're trying to make it better, but I think um, it's uh, you know it does need. It does need to be tailored, but then at the same time you look at it and say, okay, well, can we actually tailor it on the on the size of the challenge that we have? You know, how many people have we got coming through, and can it be specific? It is a difficult challenge, but they do need to work with kids. And I think you know, if kids aren't aren't specifically good at subject, then just stop penalising them for it, because then when you when you hit somebody like me negatively, or back then specifically. Um, it only ends up having a negative effect. And then you just, you know, you you fight back in many other ways.
0: Yeah, I guess, like you said, if you are in the 20%, naturally you will become an outcast because you're not like the rest of the school and you get penalised. But what was it for you that, you said you didn't like art, clearly. (laughs) But what was it for you that sort of, what sort of pushed your buttons? What made you think, oh, I love, I love this? Was it the business side of things at school, or was it a specific subject? Well, I
1: never actually made it to the year where you did business studies. <laughs> <laughs> I was out before. I was kicked out before I got to that bit. I think that was at the beginning of year ten when hmm. they allow you to do business studies, and I was gone just at the end of year nine, I believe. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, I liked te- te- uh, design and technology, PE, um, anything outdoors. Yeah. Uh, anything practical, you know, science when we were doing experiments, not writing in the book. Um, anything that I didn't have to write or sit still, you know, I've got ADHD. Um, I can't sit still, and you know, I don't learn in a in a in a in a textbook way. I learn much more visual, audio, and practical. So, you know, it was just difficult. It was just so so difficult. So, anything practical I enjoyed, um, and anything that was um, anything that was textbook work or I'd, or I'd known enough about it, you know. So let's take math, for example. You know, you teach basic um, mathematics, then you get to a point where do you need to learn about algebra and all of that type of stuff? I don't believe so. You know, I've ran a national company doing a million pounds in sales a month that I recently sold. And at not one point have I ever had to use algebra. Yeah, I was expelled from school at nine, at, at year nine And I ran a company doing 10 million turnover. So, you know, do you need these things? And then if you keep pushing that down someone's throat, then naturally, if they don't want to do it, then they're just not going to do it. So, um, you know, it is, um, it's difficult. So I think they teach the basics and then, you know, like the old days at 14, if you've got the basics, you can go out to work (laughs) rather than having to be forced through lessons that you don't want to do or you're not getting any value from because they haven't helped me in the slightest um in my future.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that yeah. then. If if you if you did leave school at such an early age, let's sort of tell the audience where you went from there and how you did it, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. So um look, I was hanging around with 18, 19, 20 year old um guys, you know, when I was 14, 15, um I was in I was in with a lot of older people. And you know, naturally when you're in a circle like that, it um you know, you, you you want to become like them. You're doing things that you shouldn't be doing at an earlier age because they are, and you, um, you know, you use your, And these weren't good guys. You know, they were bad guys. They were the ones that had been expelled from school the years before me or, you know, they they weren't the greatest crowd. So, you know, you got to look at it and go, and I did one day after three months of loving being expelled and being out in the park every day. Um, you know, in the summer and whatever time it was, thinking, oh, "This is great." And one day, I looked at it, and you know, "Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future." Now, you look at look at who I'm hanging around with, and their age, and I was thinking, "You know what? In five or ten years, there is no way that I can still be here like some of these guys. You know, they're 25, still in the park mm. on a day-to-day basis." So. I remember saying to myself, look, Joe, man, you, you are destined for greatness. Just because you've been at school, this doesn't mean you are, um, you are by any means stupid or you're a bad person. Now it's time to show the world who you are, but remember, remember this. And for all of the guys out there that are, you know, making excuses their whole life or got victim mentality about the circumstances or, you know, you're, pissed off because your dad's left, or your mum's no good, or whatever it might be, right, those things are hard, and they're horrible, and it's not nice, but the reality is, right, you can either let that destroy you, or you can use it to build you, yeah, and, um, you know, I remember saying to myself that, you know, look, I'm here, if I don't do something right now, and it's to me, not to anybody else, if I don't do something, my life is never going to change, so I have to be the master of my destiny, and change my circumstances, and remember no one is coming to save you mm. right no one is coming to save you don't think that one day life is going to give you a break and all of a sudden it's going to work out because it's not you've got to make the decision and you've got to change your stars change your destiny change your future so my best friend at the time um his cousin was a um, local plumber and he um, i just turned 25, yeah, he was, you know, a well-respected guy in our area. He had a BMW, pretty girlfriend, and was earning loads of money. Um, so I said to him, look, I'm supposed to be in school. Can I come and work for you for a year for free? When I hit 16, um, start paying me and put me through to college so I can do my apprenticeship. I'll come every day, turn up on time, work hard. If you just teach me everything that you know. That's exactly what I did, and he, in return, Um, repaid the favour, he taught me everything he knew. By the time I was 16, I'd already done a year of the trade um, and went into college and then he started paying me. And from then on, you know, that's where my whole career began in plumbing and so on. So I basically exchanged my free time to work with this guy, learn from this guy, um, you know, and actually get ahead of all of those students that when we hit 16 and they'd just come out of school, I was already a year in the game. So I knew much more than they did, which meant I was able to go through college much faster, um, get more money and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. So, so for the people listening to this that are, are, are thinking, you know what, I, I don't really have the qualifications, but I want to get in a specific thing. Would you advise us sort of going out there and like you did, just getting work experience or just life experience under your belt as well?
1: Without a doubt. You know, what? I'm an employer, right? So I'd look at somebody and they come to me and they go, well, listen, I want a job. I say, okay, no problem. What have you got to offer me? Well, I, I just want the job. Well, what have you got to offer me? Why should I give you the job? You want you come to me, you want the job, you want me to pay you, why? Oh, well, I'm gonna be good at this, I'm gonna be good at that and blah, blah, blah. Well, there's hundreds of youngsters out there, but right? thousands of youngsters that want apprenticeships or they want opportunities. Right? You've got to look at this in everything in life. You have to look at it and say, right, okay, what's going to make me stand out from the crowd? Yeah, why should he pick me over everybody else? The simplest way to get ahead is to do what the competition won't do. You put yourself against 1,000 of a 16 year olds and they all want to get paid immediately without any trial, without anything like that, and you say, listen, i will come into a month free show you how good I am right, you exchange that one month, I did 12, you exchange that one month, right, to show that guy how good you are, and you work your ass off, and you make sure that you're so committed, you don't stop, you don't eat your lunch, right, you move, you work on the go, limited toilet breaks, no fags, get off your phone, do the job, right, then he's going to take you on, because he's going to see, man, this guy wants this, right, so I'm going to give him the job, but you're not entitled, nobody owes you anything, right, you have to earn it, And if you're down and out and you're on your ass and you haven't got shit to give, but you're free time, then I suggest that's exactly what you do.
0: Yeah, and I guess now it's it's a good point. And I guess now with social media and almost the world at your fingertips, it's probably more easier than ever to sort of just get out there and either learn something or do something or put something into practice. It's so easy because it's all in our phone.
1: Yeah, and you just but you gotta you like what you really gotta tap into, it is so easy, right? But you know what lets most people down is they're just not committed. So you've got to tap into that burning desire. You've got to find it. Like mine stemmed from never ever wanting to live how I lived growing up, right? And and that madness, that burning desire is still in me, right? But that burning desire is what drove me every single day. It was like I was obsessed with it. Yeah, I was obsessed. And that's what got me going, you know. and You've got to think, if you're coming up against a guy like me and I'm your competition, are you going to win, yes or no? Mm. How far are you prepared to go? You know, Will Smith says a very famous quote. That he's either getting off the treadmill first or I'm going to die on a treadmill, right? If you're racing against somebody, he's either getting off or I'm going to die. It's really that simple. That's the kind of, um, work ethic that you've got to have if you want to be number one in anything that you do.
0: Yeah, uh, especially now with yeah. obviously the current situation with the like the lockdown due to the coronavirus, a lot of people are using it as a as a way to sort of chill out a bit. But what would your advice be? Would it be get out there? Well, obviously you can't get out there now, but like I said, use your phone and sort of do something to get ahead when the time's right when the lockdown's over or would you advise- yeah
1: so I, I run a coaching business now mm. and um a I, I coach in construction as, as one of my one of my um businesses so i speak to a lot of those of those guys on on a on a weekly basis and um, on our coaching calls and some are retracting and they're waiting and they say you know i'm not doing anything to so it gets back in. And my advice is listen you need to be planning now not doing it when the world starts again you need to be planning the world's going to change it's about adding value to your customers it's about getting ahead of the competition it's about looking at your model refining your model and um, seeing what options there are out there i think you know for young guys looking for opportunity you've got to be thinking about what people are going to be able to buy from you or what value you're going to be adding to them in their home. right? this podcast, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I was out day to day, you're going to struggle to pin me down more. But now I'm here, I've got lots more free time. You should be able to um, pick up a lot of guests this way. You know, we're both sat in in um, in our homes doing this podcast right now. So this is going to be adding value to you. It's going to be adding value to me. It'll add value to your audience. So, you know, what else can you do like this that's going to be adding value? You know, if you're into computer games, are you into computer games?
0: Uh, slightly, not so much anymore. It well, used to, yeah, no, uh,
1: so, you know, if you are, maybe like, you know, I'm not either, but, you know, one thing that's in my mind at the time is an e-sports league. You know, how many mm. kids are at home right now? Like e-sports is going to be huge. You know, if you go and get a thousand pound prize money and you say, right, if you've got a big network, you know how connected kids are these days, different from when I was at school. How old are you?
0: I'm 22.
1: You're twenty two. Yeah. So um, you know, so you know, what what's a sixteen year old or a fourteen year old look like now? How okay. how connected are they across their social medias? I have no idea. Okay. But you know, when I was fourteen, we were still knocking on doors to see if somebody was coming out, or you'd meet them at the shop at a certain time. It makes me sound old, but we did have <laughs> phones back then. But it was just text messages, no WhatsApp. so <laughs> um, so um, so, um you know something like that you 're getting a thousand pounds money down getting a th- getting a hundred gamers to come onto this eSports league you know and, and start to build up a brand you know they 're at home like how are you going to take get ten pounds to enter from a hundred people you've got your grand back you know or get fifty pounds to enter from a hundred but you 've got five grand you make four grand profit from a thousand pounds in now it 's so easy to make something from nothing, so think about the value that you can add to people in the home because the reality is. This isn't going anywhere and this is going to be become a very um, a very normal part of life being in lockdown and allowed out at certain times. So that's what I believe anyway. So, you know, adding value to people in their homes is going to be where you're going to win in the marketplace right now. And you've got to be thinking about what's the one thing that people want the most, entertainment.
0: And I guess the, the lockdown is, like you mentioned, is sort of forcing that innovation. People are having to think outside the box. Um, but if, I, if you don't mind, you mentioned the point earlier about destiny. And I felt like this is quite a good uh, point to sort of talk on. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason and like people are sort of destined for certain paths? Or what's your sort of mindset on that?
1: So I think that um I think that destiny is, is is destiny and um that your life has already happened and it's your it's your um choice to live it um in the way that you choose. Now there are, there is there can be multiple destinies and, and they are driven by the decisions that you make on a minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, year by year basis. Some good, some not so bad. You know does having that destiny or or opportunity for different destinies mean that whatever happens you're going to end up in the final destination anyway then yes i think so but you know you've got to be in the right mindset in the right thinking um and you know trying to go down the right path to achieve your full potential But, you know, I do believe we have a destiny and you need to believe you have a destiny to actually have any type of destiny. If you wake up thinking that life is life and, you know, we've just been put on this planet to conform and live some bullshit nine to five, you know, and and just have an average boring life, then great for you. But the reality is you need to tap into your higher self if you ever want to try and have a destiny that will be echoed throughout the ages and remembered through years and years and years when you're gone. You know, and that's what excites me. The world will remember my name when I'm not here. Um, I don't quite know how yet, but as the years have gone on, my profile was raised, you know, and I used to say this stuff when I was a kid. So, you know, it's about, it's about believing that you were sent here to do something special. If you believe that you were just here and you think this is just normal and this is just life and, you know, I'm here, then you ain't going to change the world. It's mm. that simple. So it all starts with your
0: own mindset. One, one thing that sort of made me think that I do believe in destiny is whilst looking at your story. Um, would you mind saying how you come across like the, the application process for The Apprentice? Was it online? Is that right?
1: <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> do you believe in the laws of attraction?
0: I do. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. OK. Do you know what it is?
0: Yeah, like when, when you sort of, you almost can manifest things by just sort of either believing it truly or sort of mentioning it.
1: Exactly right, yeah. So basically manifesting your outcomes, um, sending positive thoughts into the universe. So you attract um, You attract what you become, you know, like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. So I'm a visionary and you know, I believe that I can, you know, laugh if you, if you will, but I believe that I can see into the future. And um, if not like a clairvoyant can see into the future, but I can see into the future of, you know, if I see an outcome, I can see it before it happens. So how I won the apprentice was very simple, very simple. So in 2012, I just got back from Australia. I was 21 years of age. I'd been living there for a year, I'd been traveling. I got back into doing the gas servicing job that I was doing. I was doing okay at 21. I was 40 grand a year. I had my own house, my own car. Um, but I was bored of my job and it hit Christmas of um, 2011 and my mum got me Lord Sugar's autobiography for Christmas, big, thick book. And um, what you see is what you get. And, you know, I hadn't read a book for years and years and years, like back in year six or something like that. Yeah. So um, she got me this book. I was a mad apprentice fan. I used to tell everybody I'm going to be on the show. I'm going to, I will dominate that show. I win that show if I go on it. And I read this book cover to cover, right? And what I saw was how this guy from a council estate in London had gone on to create a billionaire wealth in one lifetime. And I watched his story and I read his journey and although it inspired the hell out of me, it literally changed my mind, changed my thinking, changed my DNA. Um, all, I, all I could think was he's no different to me. Like I couldn't see any magic formula. And up until that point, I wanted to justify rich people or successful people having some magic formula. The reality is it's not. Okay, there is a formula but it's backed up by hard work and so on and, and anybody can achieve it. So I um, decided that I was going to quit my job. I took out a £15,000 loan from Tesco within 48 hours and wow. um, quit my job, bought a van and um, started my business at 22, which was in <laughs> Um, And when I quit, my, I was so obsessed, right, with um, believing that because of I quit my job and this was all destiny and, you know, and everything else. If you go on my Instagram and scroll through, there's a Law of Attraction video of me recording videos prior to The Apprentice saying, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. This is pre-audition. Um, wow. Lord Schick has already chose me. I'm already hired. Go and find this. It. It's powerful.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and, um, you know, it's got me with the moustache and I was about 24, <laughs> was about six months before I went on the show. Um, but these three years before, I knew that I was going to meet him. <laughs> and then anyway, in, fast forward January to January the 11th, 2015, I was 25 years of age, three years on. Um, I'd grown my plumbing business to half a million a year. I had about seven plumbers working for me. We were doing really well in the local area. And um, I'd leveled off. I was a bit complacent. I didn't know where to go next. But I knew I needed mentorship. I knew I needed cash. And I knew I needed exposure. I wanted the world to know my name. So um, I walked in one night and I was having a shitty day. Got my phone out. um, Looked at the phone and it said, final call for The Apprentice. Um, 24 hours to apply and in that very moment I knew I'd won um, I knew my stars had aligned I knew the universe had connected the dots and I knew that was my opportunity um, to take it and that if I applied I was going to win um, and the rest is history
0: yeah Do you, so I'm trying to figure out like how you had that vision and you, you almost you didn't know the exact steps in terms of perhaps what they'd look like but very quickly you began like piecing these together so like can you try and explain somehow how how you came up with those steps, or was it literally mm-hmm. just getting out into the world and sort of working it out as you was there?
1: Yeah, so the, the bet no, so you know there's a saying in the Bible, um, it is done unto you as you believe, yeah. Ask and you shall receive. So basically, um um show you and I believe. So there's another saying, and this is pinpoint to what you've just asked um show me and i'll believe believe and i'll show you yeah so most people they say to god or the universe show me and then i'll believe show me god that i can win then i'll believe you that i can do this no it's believe and then they will show you yeah yeah. believe and then they will show you so my success formula is this right vision Everything starts with vision in your mind. You must vision it here. See it on your mind before you can hold it in your hand. Number two is feel. You have to feel it. I feel every moment, right? I saw it. I used to repeat every night. You're a winner. You're a winner. You're a winner. Joseph, you're hired. Joseph, you're hired with the finger. Joseph, you're hired. Feeling what that would feel like. And then you speak it, yeah? So it's um, vision, feel, speak. And then I used to say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Non-stop. And then finally, number four, this is a step to um, law of attraction success, is believe it. Okay, you have to believe. Listen, when they knew that I was going on the show, my family, and I couldn't tell many people, they were like, whoa, has this guy got on there? Yeah. And um, I used to say to my mum, next time you see me, I remember that when they dropped me off at the train station, because I went away for nine weeks, I was 25, I said, listen, mum, when you next see me, I'm going to be the winner. Yeah, she said back to me, oh, you'll do well, Sam, and she did not believe, <laughs> no. she did not believe, but I knew, <laughs> I knew, right, I knew, and I didn't know how, yeah, but I dared to dream, I dared to believe, and it's not about having the journey mapped out for you, right, okay, um, believe, and I'll show you, it's probably the most powerful um analogy that I can use for you to um, put that into perspective believe and I'll show you not show me and I'll believe you you just have to um, believe that somehow the dots are going to connect you know I want to tell you in a little bit about all of the things I've achieved number one spot in over the years since I learned that strategy You'll be, you'll be blown away with the, I've cracked a secret formula to success and that anybody can replicate it if they follow what I do. It's quite straightforward. You know, and this is what all successful people do. But remember this, if you think what I've just said is crazy, right, go and Google law of attraction on YouTube and then watch how many successful people, right, are saying law of attraction, law of attraction, sports players, actors, comedians, um, successful business people, everybody that preaches it is a successful person. Hmm. then go and tell all of your bum friends that don't believe in it okay they're not all bum friends <laughs> I'm just starting a roll but go and tell the bums that don't believe and that question every single thing that you do right and they say oh that's a load of mystic magic bollocks yeah. right then say to them okay so who am I going to believe you or all these successful people that was the easiest answer for me that just answered it and then after I saw that then I didn't need to question it ever again you understand
0: yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense so like then how ha- how do, how do you deal with, like, for the people out there like, like you was, like, you sort of had that, not criticism, but maybe, like, your parents not believing in, in you as much. Is it literally just that simple? You, like, you listen to the people who have smashed it already, or is that a bit too harsh? <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> yeah, listen to the people that smashed it already. Yeah. My mum doesn't believe like me, and she knows she doesn't, yeah. right? So this is why I say, I've, even after I won The Apprentice, launched the number one best-selling book, got into Forbes, in Europe, out of 16,000 people, um, all of these things I did, she still doesn't believe the law of Jackson works. <laughs> I can't convince the woman. You know, and do and, and you know what? You get to a point where you stop trying.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I give a shit about this stuff, right? Mm. It's each one, teach one. Reach back, pull someone else up. This is why I'm telling you with such passion, because it means so much to me. But If you don't want to listen to it, then switch off now and move on. I haven't got time to talk to people that don't want to know if you care and you listen I'll teach you everything that I know right but if you don't then move away it's that simple right you can you don't try and convert I used to try and convert everybody okay I was like wow man like I've come on this seat like listen like I can change everybody's lives with what I've learned listen to me listen to me listen to me and um, people just didn't listen I was like what am I wasting my energy for on you guys and that don't listen but to answer the question more specifically um how do you deal with people that don't believe you know you just have to take a um a an attitude of like like what What do you mean i'm not going to do it like there's not even an option for me to lose what do you mean this isn't going to happen like i don't comprehend loss i don't comprehend failure you know and People say, well, did you really believe you were going to win when you went on to the... Did you really believe? Like, as if they would never believe. Did you really believe? What, you think I'm going to enter into a competition that I don't think I can win? (laughs) Does Usain Bolt go and run a race that he thinks he's going to come third in? I mean, what do you mean that I think I was going to (laughs) win? If you enter into anything in life without the 100% winner's mentality, then you're a loser already, right? You're going to lose if you don't think you've already won simple right
0: yeah yeah that makes sense so how, how was the actual apprentice I think I feel like it'd be rude if we didn't cover it but how was that whole process <laughs> like it was I guess it, without sort of playing it down it, in your sort of path I guess it was just another stepping stone uh, albeit a big one but I guess it for you it was just another stepping stone to get to your goal
1: yeah, and and do you know what? It is more like that now, and I don't want to play it down because, mm. you know, it was, for me, it's 25 coming from where I'd come from. It was like winning the World Cup.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it was like, holy shit. Like, I've won, like, the biggest <laughs> business competition out of the whole of the UK, out of 60,000 people. Yeah, the largest TV cash prize still to date. Um, and I had a billionaire business partner at the age of 25, when 10 years before I was expelled from school. That's yeah. when my book's <laughs> called Expelled from the Classroom to Billionaire Bordering. Yeah the main thing for me was I knew I was going to do it and once I won it was a sigh of relief to make me realize that I'm not crazy and that I achieved the biggest thing that I thought I could ever achieve that was like the that was like the ultimate right once I've done that it was like whoa what what else could I do and to be honest since then I've found myself trying to feed that Feed that buzz. Like, what else can I achieve now? Like, that was the biggest thing for me. So how much bigger can it get? So, you know, it was an incredible win. It was life-changing. It showed a lot of normal people that it doesn't matter where you come from, you can win against all odds if you believe, you work hard. Um, you've got passion and you listen and you take things on you know you can be any university body or anybody that thinks they're intellectual or anybody that thinks you know it doesn't matter where you come from and you prove all those haters wrong so that should be the lesson from that Um, but you know you can become anything that you want to be and from that moment I realized that I could do anything that I set my mind to. So, you know, that was probably one of the biggest things I took from that.
0: Because it was was quite a big experience, obviously, like you mentioned, it's it's a fantastic achievement just to get on the show, um, let alone to win it. But was there, uh, you sort of touched on this, but was there a dip afterwards where it was like, oh God, I, I sort of had it all for that moment. And then now you're sort of back to reality after having that celebrity life
1: yeah i mean massively so you've got to think right once you go from normal life and this is what it's like right this isn't it's not hollywood stardom yeah but it's pretty damn close for a while for a yeah. period so you know you i remember when it lands on tv it was like october the 1st because it go on oh it goes on for tv for nine weeks prior to you winning at the end right so mm-hmm. You know, I was 25 and then all of a sudden I'm on TV. Everyone's oh my God, you're on The Apprentice. Wherever I went, everybody was up in pictures, wanted to talk to me. Women galore. Right. It was uh, I was going into nightclubs in London. I'm from a I was from a village in a city called Peterborough. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm VIP walking into the top as the <laughs> the top nightclubs in London, you know, having VIP with just sitting there with <laughs> loads of women around me and you know, and I was yeah, you know, I openly went on that show saying I wanted the girls, cars, the power and yeah, the yes. money. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm not gonna hide that that's that I didn't like that. I loved it. It was amazing. Um so you know, you just got so much attention, and it was just like, you know, wherever you went, it was just everybody, you know, wanted a piece. And then when you win, it's like, oh man, you're the boss, right, the absolute boss. And I wasn't expecting how incredible it was going to be. So then to, and then when Christmas is over and you come back to reality, don't get me wrong, I rode that, I rode that win for a couple <laughs> of years after, um, and um, you know, I made the most of it. Uh, still to this day, but um but yeah, you know, when you have to go back and start going back to business and running a plumbing business, then shit hit the fan. So like reality kicked in, I was like, you know what? I want to be in nightclubs in Ibiza and in London. I don't want to be um running a plumbing business. It ain't the most exciting, sexiest business in the world, is it? I'm not, you know. So there's no point in pretending that it is. It isn't. Yeah, it's a you know a plumbing business at the end of the day. So. I tried to make the plumbing business as exciting as possible and you know, and to feed that buzz with the journey of the business. You know, I built that business um from the apprentice from half a million to a million pounds in sales a month, you know, half a million a year to a million a month to a national company with hundred and fifty people. You know, I just had to feed myself like with with um, you know, the growth. Like that was the only thing that could make it exciting was to dominate sector. You know, I had to dominate um to become number one. So Uh, That was what made me feel good and and move my ego. But, you know, as I said to you, um, it was a bit like, you know, like Tyson Fury speaks about how he beat Klitschko and then all of a sudden it drains from him. It was, you know, in my own little way, it was kind of like, well, that's what I set my mind on doing. And then actually the win was kind of bittersweet because I didn't want it to be over. And then it's like, well, what else do I do now? So, you know, in 2017, I launched a number one bestseller. I'm once again using Law of Attraction, and we sold a few thousand copies, and I hit number one on the charts on Amazon. I then applied for Forbes 30 Under 30, which is probably as good as The Apprentice globally. Um, And out of 16,000 people, I was picked as one of the 30 Under 30 for watching Europe. Very prestigious business award. Um, I launched a number one podcast on iTunes called The Social Entrepreneur. It was only a short series, but I got it to number one in the world um, on the, um, iTunes, um, leaderboard. Um, so like I've, I've just found myself like having to keep feeding that buzz, like what else can I do? And, um, Impregas recently became national. Like that was the dream since day one in seven years. I went from one man in a van to a national company. Then I sold that and it's a bit like, okay, now I've done TV. I've done books. I've done podcasts. I've done business. You know, what more, Can I now do? So, you know, for me, the next thing is like global. So my next business strategy is to go global. And I need to to feed again with something that, you know, something that I I could never achieve. You know, the only thing that gets me going with energy like I'm talking now is thinking about being a billionaire, having a super yacht, having a jet, you know, being president of the United States. You know, whatever it might be, I need something almost impossible to um, excite me now.
0: Mm. Well let's, uh, we're on like a little timeline here like in the background of all this so like let's bring people to where, where you are now so if you don't mind explaining what you're up to now you're obviously sporting the Gentleman uh, Co t-shirt as yep. well so if you don't mind. So
1: um, I exited in Pregas in December so I sold that business I've moved on now. And um, that business has been bought by new owners and is being run. And, you know, we achieved national status for that, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and now, and then I started a coaching business, which I've been running for a couple of months. That I got to um, 30,000 in sales a month in like six weeks, which is wow. pretty crazy. Yeah. Um we've launched a, a t-shirt range called the gentleman Co, which you can see here, putting on a bit of weight from this um, lockdown. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, yeah we've got that going on. Um, we've got a another personal development business called the power to succeed where we're launching a load of online courses. so asking about what I'm doing, you know I recently set up an events business where we were meet, doing big events in hotels. I set that up like a week before lockdown kicked in you know or a week before corona um, corona mass gatherings kicked in then a week after lockdown kicked in so that shut that business down so now we've pivoted and we're launching online so everything we do now is going to be online courses and so on how to um launch a podcast how to write a book how to make sales and blah 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 so we're doing loads of courses um which will work well but you know I'm, i'm trying um to make sure that i um don't jump into the next thing now, you go back on my story, I got into plumbing because I was desperate. And if I didn't do that, I would probably end up in jail or, you know, I was going to be in bad trouble. Um, so that saved me, but I got stuck in it for 15 years. Now, I never wanted to be a plumber. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a plumber. A Plumbing changed my life, um, you know, and I became a CEO off the back of it and a businessman. But, you know, that wasn't my, my end goal. And I think something you said earlier about um, your stepping stones, you know, the way that I always look at it is like this, and my uncle said to me, you always should to keep you motivated so you get a you walk to the bus stop you get on the bus stop it takes you to the train station you get on the train it takes you to the airport you get on the airport airplane it takes you to another country and then so on remember your journey has different um modes of transport and you must use each moment in your life to take you to the next level infra got me to um the big leagues it taught me how to run a big business it you know, got me on The Apprentice from Forbes and everything, so that was the most incredible journey I could have had, now it's time to go into the bigger vehicle and go on to the next level mm. Um, so, you know, that's where we're at really same same vision, same goal, pure domination, Um, living out the destiny, you know, but now for me it's not so much materialistic items that I'm trying to chase down you know, I had penthouse apartments I've had amazing cars, you know I've had all of the things that um I ever wanted as a young man or a 20 year old but now it's about giving back adding value creating a legacy you know creating a legacy (coughs) that can go on to last a lifetime
0: it feels like you sort of touched upon it there it feels like you're you're living life almost in chapters so in in the early chapters was looking back now um, was there anything you sort of wish you knew in one of those earlier stages of life
1: I think I don't know about wish wish I knew but I think because the advice that I would give myself is that you can um you can do it you know you can do it because everyone used to tell me I couldn't do it but no one backed me no one backed me but right? I was always that guy that was crazy because he said he could do these things that was never possible from where I came from you know and I would always say yes I can do this you can't do it I can you know you might think no but I think yes yeah. so You know, keep going. Don't give up. You can do this. Like it will work out. Keep focused, and you know, believe in yourself. First and foremost, always back yourself. So you know that would be the advice in terms of the things that I wouldn't do. Um, you know, the only thing that I probably would have done differently is look to a sector that would have made me more money. I've worked extremely hard in business, right, and building a plumbing business. Like you have the same 24 hours in a day. I spent eight years building that company for national status, but because it was a plumbing company, I only made so much money. If I had done that same level of work, and it was in technology, I would be you know, multi, multi, <laughs> multi-millionaire right now, you see? Yeah. So the same level of energy and work goes in, but don't ride a shit product, okay? For all you aspiring entrepreneurs out there, pick a product that's in an attractive, high-margin market, because you still have to, um, deliver the same amount of effort to get it off except for this one makes less money and this one makes a shitload more so focus on something with bigger margins because you know you um you will get much higher rewards for the same level of work
0: yeah well you mentioned as well like all the cars and stuff you've had, you've pretty much had all the materialistic things that you said you wanted when you were younger Obviously, some people are starting to like frown, frown upon that sort of lifestyle, like buying cars, buying expensive things. And I see a lot of people, maybe it's just because I'm in that like world online, like a lot of people like invest your money, invest your money. But do you think, in a certain uh, extent, like you should just get that out of your system, the cars and stuff, if you can?
1: 100%. I blew so many hundreds of thousands of pounds in my 20s you will never come you, you never comprehend the amount of money that I spent on partying and stupid things, yeah? And going out and women and dinners and restaurants and mad holidays. But at the end of the day is I'm thirty now. That isn't my vibe anymore. Right. I don't want to go to nightclubs. Mm. You know, I'm not an old git, don't get me wrong, but I'm done with, you know I you know, I'm done with going out and you know, and partying and wasting money. But, you know, I still would have come to this person that I am now, right? And I still would be thinking like this. So if i had saved loads of money and I had 10 million, 100 million sat in my bank untouched right now, right? I wouldn't be spending it on partying because I've matured in my person. And then it means I would have missed all of that time, yeah. right? If I'm sat here with a million, 10 million or 100 million, right, then what am I gonna do with that money if I can't buy that experience back, you know, I always look at um, somebody like Gary V, you know, and I respect that guy and I love his work and everything else. And he talks about how he missed his whole 20s working in this shop seven days a week, didn't go on spring break. He's like, well, you know, while my mate Josh was out there banging girls on spring break, I was working in the shop. You know, at the end of the day, you know, he's now 50, 40, 50 years of age and he's a, and he's an icon. But he'll never get his 20-year-old self back. Yeah. You know, and you when you're a 20-year-old lad, enjoy it. You know, you're a, you're a guy you like. You want to have fun. You know, money, whether it's a hundred thousand, one pound, a hundred thousand, a million, ten million, a hundred million. There's so much time to make it. Money's not hard to make. You know, it's just the people make it hard to make. Money's easy to make, but don't have it sat in your bank, taking away from experiences. I'm ready to knuckle down much more than I was now and build because I got it out of my system. So long answer to that question, I know, but you, to my advice would be to enjoy yourself, right? You're not gonna get 100 million in the man and then go, right, I'm 40 years of age now. I'm gonna go and start partying and everything else. Well, that does happen to people. And they have midlife crisis because they didn't get it out of their system. To so get it out of your system and get yourself to a point when you're ready to go by the time you're 30 and then you're really ready to build. Use your your 20s to hustle hard, make as many mistakes as you can, enjoy yourself, you know, enjoy that time. 30, knuckle down, grind, grind, grind. And then 40 years of age, you know, you're ready to retire. Not that I'd ever retire, but you're ready to retire, you know?
0: I feel like I've definitely got a midlife crisis coming, so I'm so boring, but I'm prepared for it, you know? I'm prepared. (laughs) Good man. (laughs) Okay, cool, so I've heard your three-step philosophy, create, maintain, and essentially continue to grow. So what is next for you? How will you continue to grow?
1: Um, So for me, it's about um, creating an online business um, that is around supporting people in personal development that that relies on automation as the focus. So now I wanna build a business that doesn't rely on me um, to run it and something that's timeless in its approach. So working on that, because um, that will continue to build wealth um, and I'm focusing on property empire um, I do want to now drive my personal brand again because I took major sacrifices to grow that company nationally it meant I stopped social media for uh, like 2019 2018 I was off it um, pretty much you know I was just building 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 so now it's about personal brand I've got a really sick idea for a um, new business TV show that I want to launch and um, I'm just biding my time, really, to get that out there.
0: No, you're smashing it, mate. So final question, when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be?
1: Um, I want my legacy to be when people look at my story, it inspires them to believe that they can become whatever they want to be. One of my favourite quotes of all time is whatever the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. You know, and just looking at somebody like me that's come from where they've come from, you know, I hope a youngster picks up my book, um, you know, or when I'm 70 years of age, like Sugar, and pick up his book and they go, man, this guy has done incredibly well. But, you know, he came from the same place as me. So if he can do it, so can I. And, you know, that inspires the next generation. And knowledge is, knowledge gained should be knowledge pass.
0: Well, definitely. I appreciate your time. Like I said, it's been a pleasure. Plenty of wisdom uh, bombs being dropped here. So (laughs) thank you so much for coming on. Um, Is there any final words? And I'll put all your apps and stuff in the show notes anyway.
1: Yeah, excellent. You know, just once again, just believe in yourself. You know, it's all down to you. You've got to be your biggest backer. If you don't believe in you, no one's going to believe in you. And you only limit your own um, success by your own beliefs. So Make sure that you believe you can be bigger and better and bolder and stronger than you could ever imagine, and you will achieve it.
0: Yes, I feel empowered now. So, thank you, My pleasure. Thank yeah. you, mate.
1: Cheers, buddy. If only they knew the hub for young business minds.